Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Miles with Grant podcast. As always, I'm your host, Grant Kaminer, and today we're going to be diving into the Tokyo Olympics. We're going to be talking about previews, my medal picks, athletes to watch, and talking about the USA's success in most Olympics and in Tokyo as a whole. As always, thanks for listening. All right, so when we're talking about the Olympics, this is always the USA's chance to shine on a national field, not just in athletics or track and field, but as a whole. You know, when you think of the Olympics, you can think of the USA's men's basketball team or um, our beach volleyball team or, um, you know, triathlon. There's so many sports that the USA has such depth in um, that it becomes almost synonymous with the United States, you know, gold medal, United States. They're, they're very, very closely woven. However, in recent years, that's, that's very shifted, especially in the sport of athletics where we're seeing so many other men and women from so many other countries, um, finally be noticed, finally giving, um, you know, technology helps, but I think it's also just the global reach of track and field is helping a whole, whole lot. We're getting, you know, use that were raised on Flojo, um, and, you know, even, even in, you know, now with current athletes like Galen Rupp in the United States, um, Haile Gebrselassie and, um, Iliad Kipchoge in um, East Africa, um, that the sport as a whole is having such a big outreach. And that's why this, um, this Olympics is incredibly divided. There's no one real powerhouse I see overall, of course. Um, we tend to think of the Jamaicans and the Bahamian, the bah- Bahamans, I think that's how you say it. I, am, I apologize if that is not. Um, as being really, really good at the sprinters, we see the U.S. also in the mix, especially when you get up into middle distance, and then um, the East Africans, the Ethiopians, the Kenyans, the Eritreans, the Ugandans as distance. Um, but this Olympics, we kind of have a very, very mix-up, and we start right off the bat with the men's uh, 100, where I have Andre de Grasse of Canada getting the gold medal. Um, DeGrasse won the silver in the 200 and bronze in the 100 in Rio, so he's looking for his um, his first gold medal. Um, he has a 9.9 in the 100 meter, and he's currently ranked as the number five on um, the, the current uh, world rankings list. Um, he holds the national record in the 200 meters as well with a 19.8 seconds. Second place goes to Johan Blake of um, Jamaica. Johan Blake has kind of been there. He was, he's always been thought of as right below um, Usain Bolt, and now with Bolt not competing, um, this is really, really Johan Blake's chance to shine. He was silver in London in 2012 and was fourth in uh, 2016, so a disappointing fourth for him 
after um, the silver. So he's going to be really, really hungry for a podium. I don't know if he... Andre de Grasse is just, you know, Canada is not thought of as a sprinting team. So I think he's really going to use that to gear him up and he's going to be able to take hold. But I see Johan Blake is right, right in the mix as well. Um, Johan Blake has the second fastest all time in both the 100 and the 200 behind only Usain Bolt. So he's a very, very accomplished, very well-respected runner. Um, the third, uh, in third place, I have Akani Simbine from South Africa. Uh, Simbine was fifth at the Rio Olympics and is the African record holder of the 100 meters with 9.84. So he's actually a little bit faster um, than really anyone in the field. I believe he has um, the second fastest time in the field, of course, behind um, Johan Blake. Um, and it will be very... Um, exciting to see because we also, like I said, I don't even have any of the Americans getting the medals. Remember Ronnie Baker, Trayvon Bromo, and Fred Curley. I don't believe they're going to get medals. They're very, very talented, but there's just so much foreign success this year that normally, you know, the the United States is thought of as a as a you know having really, really good men sprinting, and I just don't think that's going to be the case this particular year um however I, I say that but then i also have noah lyles uh getting first in the 200 but i don't even think you know we can we can call that as um really anything because he's the world number one he has a 19.5 personal best he's the fastest the fastest 200 in the field i mean a 19.5 is ridiculous He's a season best of 19.74. I mean, his 19.74, that was this year, and it's still faster than every other athlete's personal best. Um, another athlete um, that I have is also Andre DeGrasse in there as well. Um, of course, I he's. I think DeGrasse would win if Lyles wasn't here, but unfortunately that's not the case. He's the world number two in the 200. And it's funny because most people think of him as a 200 runner. Um, and I, I think he is, you know, he's a little bit faster in the 200 than the 100 if you do the by comparison. Um, but I think he's going to finish up second uh, or the first runner up to Noah Lyles. Um, in, in third place getting the bronze, I have Divine Oduduru. Uh, Oduduru has had a very, very good solid and good career in college he ran for texas tech but he doesn't have the, the gold um or the silver the bronze really any big medals at major competitions however i believe this could really be his um his place to shine um it's also important to note that uh johan blake and stephen gardner are both in this field of course johan blake um is around 50th in the world, so he's not as good in the, the 200 as the 100. And Stephen Gardner has had kind of an up-and-down year as well. But those are both two athletes to watch for that if Lyle struggles like he did a little bit um, and like the prelims and the semis at the U.S. trials, somebody that could make a move for him. In the 400, um, I also have, um, I have two, two Americans getting the medals. I have Michael Norman getting the gold and Randolph Ross getting 
the bronze. Um, in my mind, I'm going to start with Randolph Ross because I think it's such an interesting story for him. He's, In my opinion, I almost feel he's getting disrespected a little. He has the world-leading time. He, you know, um, was somebody that I don't think we really expected to go very far because he's just 20. But I think he surprised everyone at the trials. But yet he's not even top 20 in the world rankings. So I feel like he's going to come in with a big chip on his shoulder and going to be able to claim that bronze. Um, another, um, of course, the other American in the field is Michael Norman. Michael Norman, I mean, his fastest 400 ever was a 43.06 that he did in, in, a, in a relay. And in just an all-out 400, it's 43.45. Um, he ran a 44.07 this year. So he's number number two behind Randolph Ross. And then, of course, the the leading uh, man in the world rankings is Stephen Gardner. Um, a 44.47 on the year. And uh, he looks to add... Um, his Olympic gold after after a disappointing run in Doha, but I think he's going to fall just just short because Michael Norman looked good at the trials, um, and he's going to you know Randolph Ross and Michael Norman are going to key off each other. I both expect them to be, um, you know, running by each other, pushing each other through the through you know 300, 350 meters, and it's going to come down in the final fifty meters to who has more left in the tank. And I, I believe Michael Norman's going to have just a little bit more. And now we're moving into um, the 800 where we're going to start to see more of the, um, the Kenyans and the East Africans starting to make more appearances. Um, this is... Um, I do not have um, Americans getting medals in the 800. Um, for a, for a couple reasons. Yes, the U.S. has very, very good runners. They have, you know, Bryce Hopple, Clayton Murphy, um, and Isaiah Jewett, who looked very, very good at the trials, but it's the same type of, of thing. You know, Clay, Clayton Murphy, after his trials, he had a disappointing 800, um, and then he did some, some pacing duties. So he's he's definitely I feel like in shape, but I mean Fer- Ferguson Rotitz is looks frankly unbeatable. You know a one one forty two personal best. Um, it's gonna be, but this is gonna be a very, very very good race because there's there's so many. I mean I have Ferguson Rotitz, Nigel Amos, and Wesley Vaquez. Vasquez always seems to be in contention, but he just doesn't seem to have that last gear. Um, if you, you know, he was in every major competition, it seems he runs hard from the blocks and, and starts pushing it early. And yet he has no major medals in world competition. But I think that's going to change here. He's finally going to get, I think he's a fantastic runner. He just needs to get lucky because he needs to find that extra 200, you know, and find it and hope that maybe, you know, 
the other runners aren't going to have behind him, aren't going to have that kick that they can usually overtake him. So I think he he's, has the skill. He just needs that, you know, that 5% luck, and I think he gets that here. Nigel Amos, of course, um, he has the, the fastest time in the, in the field of, um, of a 141, but he doesn't carry a world ranking, which I think is, is interesting to remember because he was injured, but he did have that really good um, 800 a couple, couple of weeks, maybe a month or two back where he, he ran a one, just under a 143, which is a very impressive after being injured and making, making a good comeback. Um, he won, he won the silver in London, um, and he was Botswana's first ever Olympic medal. So he, he, you know, runs for his country. He's going to run hard and I believe he's going to, going to get another medal, um, for Botswana. We move into the 1500 for men and, um... Once again, it's going to be another Timothy Chariot, Jakob Ingebrigtsen duel. This has become one of the premier rivalries in track and field. It is so fun to watch. Um, Chariot has shown he just is a little bit more better recently, especially uh, with his 328 world leading at Monaco. Um, but, you know, Jakob has a 329, so it's just about a second difference, which in the Olympics, where it's a slower, more tactical race, um, doesn't really mean anything. Um, one interesting thing about Chariot was, um, if you remember from one of my earlier episodes, um, Chariot was actually left off the Kenyan national team because he finished fourth uh, in the, the Kenyan trials. However, he was, was, was a late add to the team. Ingebrigtsen is going to try to come in with a fresh mind after um, his disappointing um, events in Doha. Remember, he finished um, just outside um, the podium in, in a fourth place where he, he made a move and just couldn't, couldn't cover it. Um, and then getting the bronze eye of Marcin Lewandowski. Um, Lewandowski may not be the fastest runner in the field. He only has a 330, which again, only a 330. Um, that's a, you know, that's only another second or two, but when there's five or six guys that are faster than you, that can really get tough. However, he's such a good tactician. He's not going to, you know, lead from the start and win by 50 meters. He's um, going to outthink you. He's going to, um, you know, find ways to move around you in the final 100. And I feel like he doesn't have the the natural speed to beat a Timothy Chariot or a Jakob Ingebrigtsen, but he has the mind capacity to at least finish in bronze. Um, and maybe if one of the top two have a bad day, he can he can capitalize on that. In the men's five thousand, we start to see um, the rise of Uganda, um, which is a country that has often been thought of for East Africa as second tier behind the Kenyans and the Ethiopians. However, they're, they're really starting to make a name for themselves. I have the first two spots going to Ugandans with Joshua Cheptegei and Jacob Kiplimo taking one and two, and then Jakob Ingebrigtsen finishing in third. There's really no discussion about it in, in my mind. Uh, 
Timothy, or no, I'm sorry, not Timothy, Joshua Cheptegei is the world record holder and is, is arguably one of the greatest runners of all time. He ran a 12.35 in what was essentially a time trial, um, which he ran, of course, during the pandemic. And he also um, won, won the 10K and set the world record in there, which I'll talk about when we get to the 10K. Um, Cheptegei also won the world cross-country title in 2019, and Jacob Kiplimo finished just behind him. So he always seems to see just behind Cheptegei, and I think they're really going to be able to push off and capitalize off of each other. Um, Kip Lima burst onto the scene when he was the youngest Olympian ever for Uganda at the age of 16, um, which was very, very impressive. And uh, he even capitalized when he beat Solomon Brega uh, in Ostrava uh, in 2020, um, along with winning the World Half Marathon Championship last year. Um, Ingebrigtsen is, in my opinion, a better 1,500-meter runner than a 5,000-meter runner. Um, he's a tough runner. He can, he can gut it out, and he does have a 1248. Um, he's currently number four on the, the list, and I believe that, to me, that capitalizes in a bronze. Um, there's a couple runners, of course, uh, Mohamed Katir of Spain, um, who um, had just a spectacular 5K and really, really burst onto the scene and is now seen as a, as a medal contender. And I don't see that. I feel like he may have peaked a little bit too early. Um, and we'll see. Again, this is, this is an event that, in my mind, the, um, the East Africans have dominated. There's going to be, you know, you also got... Uh, you know, even Paul Chalimo, who runs for the United States, but is of East African descent, is in there. Um, so Isaac, Isaac Kameli, I mean, there's so many East Africans in this field that I feel he's going to get outshadowed because those East Africans, as we see all the time, they also run a lot of team races. They, you know, they, they treat a 5,000 and a 10,000 a lot like it's a world cross country race where they, they run as a pack. And, you know, their end goal may be, okay, you know, we know um, for, for the Kenyans, it may be, okay, we want to get, um, you know, Nicholas Camelli the goal. So what we'll do is we're going to push the pace for him hard and hope that he can stick on and no one else can. So they very run, very tactical, very team-oriented, um, which is both good and bad in the Olympics, in my opinion. I like because it fosters that teammanship, that's sportsmanship. But on the other hand, it's the Olympics, so you got to keep it individually. I so I see both sides. We're gonna move into the the ten thousand, um, where again, you know, Joshua Sheptegei is gonna dominate. He's the world record holder, number one in the world ranking. If anyone can beat him, it's gonna be a massive upset, in my opinion. Um, he's a twenty six eleven. I mean, that is insane that is a 1305 5k followed by another 1305 5k back to back that is insane um somebody that i think is going to run her up is selman brega who's also just 20 he's a very very similar runner to jacob kiplimo he's a, he has a little bit more um 
experience at um, winning and being on the podium, he was the runner-up at the 5,000 in Doha. Um, so while uh, Kiplimo has does have the, the marathon experience, one big difference is Selman Borrego has um, won high-profile track meets, especially like the Olympics and the World Championships, where Kiplimo has been there, but may have um, not done as well as he has hoped, but I do believe that changes in this one in the 5,000. And then in the, in the 10,000, um, finishing with the bronze eye of Yomis Kajelkja of um, Ethiopia. He's very, very tall for a Kenyan distance runner at 6'1". And he was the silver in uh, the Doha, in the Doha 10,000 meter world championships where he finished behind Cheptegei. Um, and before I get into the marathon, I do want to talk about the U.S. Um, with their, their distance runners going back between the 1,500 and the 10,000. Um, I do not believe Centro is going to repeat. Um, Centro is a fantastic runner, but you know, as the, the trial has shown, he may not have his signature kick. Um, and he, he, you know, runner up at the U.S. trials, in the end, it really means nothing because top three go but it does show that he's beatable. And just like how Timothy Chariot losing and getting fourth, ultimately it doesn't mean anything because he was still allowed to go to the Olympics, but it does show he's beatable and he is human. Matthew Centrowicz is, is a sleeper pick, I guess you could say, but there's also so many other sleepers. You could have Philip Ingebrigtsen, Stuart McSwayen, you know, Mon- Ronald Muscat, Gala, even even a guy like Cole Hawker, who um, may not have the the fastest time in the field, he was actually just outside of the Olympic standard. Um, could make a could make a move. The the five thousand, um, and again the only uh, Grant Fisher and Willie Kincaid are both you know they're fantastic teammates. They're running. Um, they both run for the Bowerman Track Club, and they're both in the 5,000 and the 10,000. So I think that that can help them. But this is their first Olympics. They're, I think their nerves are going to be a little bit higher because the Olympics is such a different field. Paul Chalimo always seems to be in a little bit of contention, uh, and he was able to get um, a silver at the last Olympics in Rio. However, I feel, you know, Jakob Ingebrigtsen... Um, Jacob Kiplimo, um, Joshua Cheptegei are all, you know, four years older. They have, um, they're, they're getting better. And I think Paul Chilimo is getting to that stage where he's slowly declining. Um, he has, you know, he has a 12.57 personal best. That's, that's fantastic. He's going to do, he's going to do really good. I just don't know if he has that finishing kick, um, like he did at the trials, you know, it's it's a lot different finishing against East Africans than it is against Americans. And now as we move into the marathon, Elliot Kipchoge, the GOAT of marathon racing, is going to get another gold. Anything else would be a massive, massive upset. World record holder, 201.39. First man under two, you know, only has won all but two of the marathons he's run. He finished up silver in his first one, and then he had a disappointing race in London. But we can't really even look at that London race because it was a horrible course, 
horrible conditions. He said he had, you know, an, an ear issue, which we can, you know, we can, I believe that he's being honest in that. Um, and he didn't really make an excuse, but we can say, you know, you're allowed that to happen. You're allowed a bad race. You know, you just got to get back on the horse, get your gold. I think that's going to happen. Lawrence Chirono, I believe, is going to come in as the runner-up. Yeah, he won Boston and Chicago back in 2019. The first year there was actually a Boston and Chicago um, before the pandemic, of course. So he's, he's going to be coming in um, high on motivation um, and, and just, you know, really, really looking um, to, to bounce back. And then... Um, in bronze, I have Galen, Wil- Galen Rupp getting another bronze. He'll go back to bronze. He's, he looked fantastic in shape um, and the marathon trials in 2020. And he even looked really, really good at the, the 10,000, you know, where he finished sixth, which, you know, I, you know, when I was at the trials, you know, I heard people saying, you know, oh, he, you know, he doesn't look good. You know, he's not going to, his goal wasn't to make the team there. It was a workout for him, and he looked phenomenal. You know, he, you know, looked calm, ran smart, ran hard, finished, you know, sixth, and he's he's gonna go and be able to capitalize and get a bronze for the the United States. Um, our next event, we're talking about the men's three thousand meter steeplechase. Wow, one of my favorite favorite meets to watch, or favorite events. I'm sorry. Um, Sufano Bakali of Morocco has been on top for a while. Um, he's the only runner to have a time under seven minutes, or I'm sorry, under eight minutes. He has a 758 in the field. Um, so I think he's going to get the gold. Um, silver in London in 2017, bronze in Doha. Um, he's going to, going to just dominate. Uh, the Gurma from Ethiopia, the Ethiopian record holder in the 3K steeple, uh, second overall in Doha in 2019, and he's going to get another another silver medal in my opinion. Hilary Bohr, I have getting the bronze. Hilary Bohr, an Olympian in 2016, he finished seventh in the steeple, and he finished eighth in Doha back in 2019. So, um. That's a little bit disappointing, and I feel he's going to really, really capitalize on that. He had um, some good, good races this year, getting getting down to an eight fourteen, um, and you could argue that his 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 best days are behind him, and and maybe they are. He is thirty one, um, but he's still looking very, very good, and I feel you know he's not going to want to quit until he gets an Olympic medal, and I think he gets one here. Uh, for the men's 100-meter hurdles, Grant Holloway, you know, no discussion. Grant Holloway was um, the University of Florida's do-it-all man, and he's the undisputed king of the 110 hurdles. He's the U.S. number one, the world number one. You know, he has a, a, a 1281 on the year. Nobody else in the field has below a 13 um, this, this year. A couple guys have it um, for their personal best, but no one else has... A 12.99 or lower. Um, silver, I have um, Orlando Otega, um, who was the the silver medalist back in Rio, 
and was bronze at Doha in 2019, of course, where Grant Holloway got his gold. Third place, uh, Ronald Levy of Jamaica. He was gold in 2018 at the Commonwealth Games um, and 14th at Doha. So again, just like, like Hillary Bourne, some of the other athletes who are really, really there and are really some of the top athletes, but finished, you know, that was the last big competition. You know, in, in two years it's been almost. So a lot of them are really, really hungry to erase that stigma that they, they can't perform in, in good events or just that negative opinion that, um, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going to win a medal. So they're going to be really looking to change that, and I believe they do. The 400-meter hurdles, Carson Warholm is a beast. I think we every single runner in the world was very, very happy for him when he finally broke that world record with the 49.7 it's going to be another upset if he doesn't win you know he's been chasing after um that 400 meter hurdles record for so long since you know before the pandemic and he you know runs with such emotion runs with such guts happiness you know he's a he's a perfect runner in my opinion and he's you know the running gods reward perfect runners Rye Benjamin is going to be, be coming up in, in second. He won silver in Doha and is the third fastest man in 400-meter hurdles history. This is, he's exactly like Karsten Warholm. You know, just just actually, no, not even that slower. He has a 46.83, so less than two-tenths of a second slower. Um, and it's, you know, they're, they're one and two in the world. So, um It'll be be interesting because they can both really challenge each other. So it'll be interesting to see if even like another world record or even an Olympic record gets gets set. Bronze, uh, Alison Dos Santos of Brazil. He's the South American record holder for the 400. Um, was gold um, at the 2018 Worlds for under 20 for junior athletes and was seventh at Doha in 2019. He's been constantly, constantly lowering... Um, his his times he ran a forty eight point uh, three back in Doha in twenty seventeen, and has gotten that down over a second when he ran a forty seven point three four at the Stockholm Diamond Leagues right before the Olympics. For the relays, the relays are are very exciting, um, because this is really the U.S.'s chance to shine. Yes, there are individual athletes from other countries but nobody seems to have the depth that the united states has when it comes to the four by one and the four by four relays in in the four by one we we're going to be having you know ronnie breaker trayvon bromill cravon gillespie fred curley and michael williams that's insane that's an that's a very, very stacked field. In the 400, 4x400, four Michael Cherry, Michael Norman, Norwood, Randolph Ross, Trevor Stewart. All of that is insane that we have five athletes who are Olympians. You know, in, in many other countries, they have to almost to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find a, a, you know, a fourth or fifth guy who can capitalize at the same level as you know, a one or two, and in, you know, the United States, that's not the case. We have so much depth that it's spectacular. Um, 
you know, uh, Jamaica is always there in the four by one in the four by four. You know, I think Japan has an actually shot, you know, at the bronze in the four by four. They have a very, very good team um, this year. And they always seem to be uh, in medal contention as well. Uh, since this is really a, a track podcast, I'm not going to go too much into the field events. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about um, Ryan Krauser and the men's shot put team, where I think all three men have a chance to medal. I think, you know, Ryan Krauser, of course, set the world record at the trials. Joe Kovacs finished runner-up. Peyton Othadal was third. I feel all three of those guys have a chance to medal. Um, but And that somebody to do watch out for is Michael Havjek of uh, Poland. So... The shot put is very, very intense, just like in a lot of other field events, because you do get some of the Scandinavians um, that are coming in as well. Um, so it's a very, very melting pot of, of athletes. And with that, we're going to actually move into our women's side of the preview. Um, there's a lot of events here that are just fantastic to watch and are going to be very, very intense. Um, starting off with the 100 meters, you know, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. She's the fastest woman alive. Was gold in Beijing, London, and um, bronze in Rio. So maybe she's taking a step back after her silvers, but I think this is her chance to finally get um, her gold. She has nine world gold medals um, and two Olympic gold. So I think she's going to get a third right here. Back, uh, Backing up to her in second, I have Blessing Okabare of Nigeria. Okabare is the Women's Commonwealth 100-meter record holder. Uh, and an interesting factoid about her is she actually won silver in Beijing in the long jump. And then after, after that, she made the switch to, to track events. So she's been running... Uh, for a couple years now, um, and doing doing very very good. Uh, in third place, I have Jenna Prandini of the United States, and not just because I met her at the trials. Um, Prandini attended the University of Oregon and in, in, and is seeking her first medal. Uh, she did attend the 2016 Olympics and finished tenth in the 200 meter. So I think she does get her first Olympic medal. In the 200, um, getting the gold, I have Shawnee Miller-Webo of the Bahamas. Um, Miller-Webo has looked fantastic. This is an absolutely stacked, stacked, stacked event. Miller-Webo was gold medalist in Rio, silver in Doha, bronze in uh, London in the 200, uh, silver in Beijing in 2015 at the World Championships. Uh, so she has um, a lot, a lot of experience in just about four or five years. She's constantly performing at that high level at Olympics and World Championships, which is something you'd like to see, especially for an Olympic event. Um, finishing in second, I have Gabrielle Thomas of the United States. Thomas is one of um, a few athletes in this field um, for the United States, who isn't just a tremendous runner. Of course, she's um, the second fastest woman of all time with a 2161. 
Um, but she's also incredibly smart. Went to Harvard for her undergrad. You know, absolutely destroyed the field. <coughs> and then, um, you know, is now getting her master's in epidemiology. Finishing around, I also have Jenna Prandini. Um, she, I think she's a little bit, she's super talented in the 200 as well. But we also need to look out for Shellyanne Fraser-Price and Okabare as they are both entered in the 200. And yes, while they are traditionally thought of as 100-meter runners, they can capitalize on another runner's um, mistake maybe or even do, you know, set a record of their own or just have a good day. So that's something to watch. Um, the women's 400, more of uh, Shawnee Miller-Rebos has sex has more of her success, Shani Miller, Weibo. Um, she's looking for a repeat gold in Tokyo after, you know, of course, winning the gold in, in Rio, which was five years ago. Um, Stephanie Ann McPherson is going to be runner-up. She is not as as decorated um, as some of the other runners in this field, but she set her personal best, showing that she's maybe peaking around the right time, and she's currently number three in the world rankings. Um Although she does have a silver from Jamaica's 4x400-meter team back in 2016 at the Rio Olympics. And finishing in bronze, Allison motherfucking Felix. Most decorated female U.S. athlete of all time. She's going to get another bronze. Six Olympic golds. Nine world golds. Three Olympic silvers. She's going to get another medal. She's a fantastic fantastic runner a really great person she's gonna do amazing she's getting maybe a little bit up there in age but she's ageless at the same time if you know what i mean so she's definitely gonna get a medal it may, she may even get gold she, she could get gold i'm not i don't think she will but she definitely could in the women's 800 this is a u.s sweep i have raven rogers going one i think mo two ajay wilson three this is the first U.S. sweep of um, the track Olympics. Rogers is, is the ninth fastest all time and the current number four. She was silver in Doha in the 800 meters. I think Moot is super talented for such a young age. Already has the world leading time and second fastest ever by an American. And she's, she's super young. You know, she's super nice. All the, all, from all the Olympic Americans that I met, they're all super nice people. I didn't meet a single one that seemed cocky or, or rude. Um, they're all super nice, down-to-earth people. Um, but getting back to it, and then Ajay Wilson, three. She's the world's current number one, immediately. Has, um, has the, the, um, the fastest time in the field with a 155. Um, but she, at the trial, she didn't look in full form. Now, full form for her wasn't, you know, it's still able to get, get a spot for the, for the Olympics, which is, in the end, what the trials are for. But she's going to need to get back to her top shape in order to complete the, the U.S. sweep, which I think is going to happen. The women's 1500 is going to be won by Faith Kipyegon of Kenya. El Perrier, now St. Pierre, is going to finish in a runner-up. And Laura Murr of Great Britain. Um, Kipyegon has looked incredible this year. Remember a couple, about a month ago, she had that fantastic... Um, race against Safan Hassan where she was able to beat her with a final kick. She was gold in, at Rio in 20, 
16 in the 15, silver in Doha. Um, she's the national record holder in the 1500 in the fourth fastest time in history. El Perrier looked really calm winning the trials. She, If you remember, she was pushed off of the track and onto the, the infield across the railing for about a second or two early on. Um, but that didn't seem to phase her at all, and she was able to um, get the trials win. She was 11th at Doha in the, the 5,000 meters. Um, so I think making the switch to the 1,500 is going to be really good for her. Remember, she is the indoor American record holder in both the mile and the 200. Laura Murray is a little, little bit um, under-accomplished. She doesn't have the, the same type of resume as some of the other athletes. She did win the Diamond League overall in 2016 and 2018 and has a couple of European championships, but no Olympics or World Championships, which I think is really, really going to change here. Moving into the, the 5,000 is going to be won by Helen O'Beary, in my opinion, of Kenya. Gudaf Sagay of Ethiopia is a runner-up. And Elise Kearney from the United States is going to be finishing third. Helen O'Beary is a fantastic runner, the world's number one uh, in the rankings. Silver in Rio, gold in London in 2017, and in Doha in 2019. She did win the senior gold medal uh, at the World Cross Country, so that's the 10K course. Is it? I believe it's either a. T I believe it's a 10K. Yes. Um, so, um, and I look at I look at World Cross Country as being huge, especially for the track, because if you can run well for a cross country, you can definitely run fast for a track because it's it's you know it's easier to run on a track than cross country. I prefer cross country actually, um, but it is easier to run on a track. And um, so if you can run in really really tough conditions, especially because that course. In Denmark was super tactical, incredibly difficult, incredibly challenging. That that can that's going to translate for the Olympics. Zagay was the bronze medalist in the 1500 at Doha, um, so she does have that that speed. Which being a 1500 meter runner and stepping up to the 5000 can be um, very very difficult, but also very rewarding um, because. You have that, that speed from the 1500 that a lot of the other 5,000 meter girls, in this case, don't have. But you're also a little bit out of your element because you don't have the, the endurance um, that the 5,000 meter girls have built up. You know, obviously you can, you can train for that. You can build it up a little bit. Um, but most 1500 meter runners never seem to get the same level of endurance that a 5,000 meter runner does. Um, and Elise Cranny for the gold, she's going to be um, a really, really good sleeper pick in my opinion. Um, she's a little bit down there on the world rankings. I believe she's about 50th overall. Um, so it'll be, be very interesting. But I think with, with her teammate Carissa Swisher, um and even Rachel Snyder, who runs for Hoka, both in the field, she's going to be pushed hard. And she's going to, you know, she looked... In my opinion, she looked really bored at the the five thousand meter trial. It was not like a not like a bad board, but just like you know, like that was it was very an easy pace for her and something she could manage. Um, and one athlete that I do want to talk about in the five thousand meters and the ten thousand is Safan Hassan. Um, Safan Hassan is doing something very very incredible. She's going for the, um, she's running three events. She's running the fifteen, the five, and the ten. Um, 
I think she's she's not going to get a medal in the fi 15 or the 5. Those aren't her true events. I believe she's going to get a medal in the 10, and we talk about that now. She finally gets a medal. I'm super glad that she... I think what she's doing is courageous, but I think that's also going to be very, very tough for her. Um, she I don't know what event she's going to prioritize, how her, her recovery is going to look, um, but it's going to be very difficult for her to pull that off. So... If I was her, I would have focused just on the 10 or maybe the 15 and the 10. Or the, I wouldn't be doing all three, but I think what she's doing is incredibly courageous. Remember, she did win both the 10,000 and the 1,500 meters at Doha. So she's not exactly out of her element, but she is adding in the 5,000 meters. Um, let's bet Gade of Ethiopia is the world record holder in both the 5,000 and the 10,000 meters. She was the silver medalist in the 10,000 meter at Doha and finished as the... Um, bronze at the World Cross Country Championships in 2019. And again, just like with Helen O'Beary, in my mind, cross-country medals translate to track success. Bronze medalist, I have Constance Kloster-Helfen. She's somebody that's maybe not um, the fastest runner in the field. Former model turned German-American record holder. She's a 10,000-meter goddess. I mean, she's a fantastic runner, can run very, very hard. As we saw back in Houston, you know, she was running alone in, in the harsh wind and she was still able to get that German record. So she's somebody that I feel is another very good sleeper pick. The women's marathon, Bridget Koskai, Ruth Chepengedich, Tiggy Skirma, all East Africans because the marathon, especially for women, is so East African dominated. Koskai, she's the woman to beat, she's the, the marathon world record holder. Gold in London two, two times. Chicago gold two times. Chepengedich is a teammate of Koskai. She was the, the Doha 2019 gold medalist in the marathon. And then Tigis Germa is somebody that um, maybe isn't as um, developed or isn't as known but she did win the ethiopian trials in a 2019 personal best which means something a 219 for for a woman marathoner is very very impressive um again for the now we move into our our couple final events where we talk about um i have the you know steeple hurdles and then realize um beatrice chipkowicz of kenya emma coburn of the united states mikadis abeba of ethiopia um Chepkovich has a PR of 8.44, the current world record holder in 8.44. That is insane. Was gold medalist in Doha in 2019. Emma Coburn was the bronze medalist in Rio in the steeple. She won gold in um, London in 2017 and was silver in Doha behind Chepkovich. Uh, Emma Coburn had, has, of course, been chasing that, that sub-nine-minute mark for a while now. She had a very, very good shot at it. Uh, in her in her final race, um, but ended up falling and finished in a 9.07. So even though she fell in the final water jump, she still finished in a 9.07, which is very impressive. And I think she's going to come in with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. Uh, Abebe was eighth in Doha um, in 2019, but did win the African Games Championships in 2019. The women's 100-meter hurdles, I have Jasmine Kamanche Quinn. Uh, from Puerto Rico, Tiffany Porter from Great Britain, and then Kendra Harrison from the United States. Camacho Quinn is the number seven, um, number seven uh, female of all time. 
um, she had a fall in the semis of Rio. Uh, if you remember that, she's really, really looking for redemption, and I believe she's going to capitalize that with a gold here. Tiffany Porter was um, the bronze medalist uh, way back in 2013 at uh, the Worlds. Um, so she's going to come in with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder as well, I believe. All three of these women are. And Kendra Harrison, of course, is the, the current world record holder with a 12.2. She was silver in Doha. In the 400-meter hurdles, now this is one of the most stacked events of the whole whole track event. A lot of people are predicting a full uh, American sweep, and I have I I disagree. I have Americans going one and two, and then I have Femke Bowl of the Netherlands going three. Uh, Femke Bowl, she's a little bit of a sleepover. She's very overlooked, especially recently with the the U.S.'s dominance in uh, the world records. But she's, she's number four all time. She's the Netherlands world record holder in the 400 as well. She sees, she's a very, in my opinion, a very, very good pick for bronze. And then one and two, Cindy McLaughlin, Delilah Muhammad, both of the United States, number one and two all time. Of course, Cindy McLaughlin finally had her breakthrough moment. You know, she's been, um, been good. You know, she did um, get... Um, that silver in Doha in 2019, but this was, I believe, her huge breakthrough moment when she became the first woman to ever run under 52 seconds in the 400-meter hurdles. And I believe she's going to capitalize on that and also get a gold at uh, Tokyo. Uh, Delilah Muhammad was the former world record holder with a 52.16, and she finished runner-up to McLaughlin at the U.S. trials, of course. She's the returning gold medalist from Rio, and gold at Doha as well, where she did beat McLaughlin, like I discussed earlier. So um, it's again one of the one of the most stacked events. And if it wasn't for Femke Bull, yes, I do believe the United States would sweep uh, the medal podium. But she's she's a fantastic runner in her own right, and she's gonna gonna be able to get get that bronze medal in the relay events. Just like uh, with the men, the United States in my opinion, are going to win both relays. They're so great depth, of course. One of the big moments being Shaquille Richardson not being added to the 4x1 team. Um, but in spite of that, I believe she's st- our, the United States team is still going to win a gold. Um, the 400 repeats, or the 400, 4x400 meter relay is so competitive that I have the United States winning gold, Cuba silver, bronze going to the Bahamas, which means I don't even have Jamaica winning a medal in the 4x400, which that just shows you how stacked because Jamaica is really often thought of as one of the top sprinting teams in, in, the, in the world. Um, so that, that about closes up my uh, Olympic preview. Um, and track opens, I believe, the 30th or the 20th. I believe it's the 29th or the 30th, depending on where. I believe it may be the 29th here, but the 30th in Tokyo. I believe um, it'll be very, very exciting to watch. I am very excited for it. I know you guys are. The Olympics are such a great event, especially this year because of the pandemic and the struggles that the athletes and the world have gone through, that it's very exciting to be able to see the top athletes competing together again. Well, thank you for listening. As always, be safe, uh, be healthy. And um, keep on running. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.